Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Did you know that African Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population, including depression, ADHD, PTSD, and suicide? I may have missed something in med school, but that kind of surprised me. I also learned that black and brown folks are more likely to live in conditions that put us at higher risk of developing mental illness, like homelessness, and in communities that expose us to violence. So in that regard, I guess this all shouldn't really be all that surprising. But as I kept reading and as I kept researching, what struck me the most was that as the epidemic of mental illness overwhelms our community, perhaps what's most tragic are the cultural barriers that often preclude us from discussing the topic and seeking the professional help we sometimes need. These social barriers are deeply ingrained and have been resistant to change for generations. With rising suicide rates and widening disparities due to the pandemic, we need to enlarge the platform and opportunities to discuss mental health in a meaningful way. This is Dr. Charles, and you're listening to Heart Over Height. Hey y'all, welcome to Heart Over Hype, episode one. Thank you for joining me and making Heart Over Hype history, which is always cool. Up until a week ago, I didn't have a clue what my first episode would be, so I did what we all do now. I took a poll. And mental health in the black community won out, so that's what we're going to talk about today. This is some heavy stuff for some, lighter for others. Wherever you are, please take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Without further ado, let's, let's get it. Drop one of Clues bombs, please. I'm just kidding. Today we have with us brother Dr. Brian Dixon, child and adolescent psychiatrist, impact entrepreneur, social justice advocate, and author of the book, Forget Obama, Trump Ignored, Healthcare, How to Lower Costs, and Restore Our Collective Sanity. How's it going, Dr. Dixon? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. So just to start, can you give us a high level overview on the mental health state of black America from your point of view? Yeah. So um, I need y'all to go backwards in time a little bit. Um, high level uh, is that we have never, especially for mental health care, we have never invested the money into mental health care that we needed to. And so uh, keeping in mind that black folks don't have any money as it is because of all the economic policies that we've had, uh, it's a double whammy. No, men- no money for mental health, no money for black folks, ergo no money for mental health for black folks. Dang, that's real bleak shit. As if, as if we don't have to deal with enough when it comes to COVID and racism in our communities, we have to deal with repressed trauma and mental health shit. As a psychiatrist on the front lines, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, so um, it's been really, really interesting. So um, uh, it's yeah, I see a dichotomy. I see a split. So um, a lot of my um, patients in my practice are actually white or um, uh, uh, or um, Asian or other, any other color other than black. So I'd say my population in my practice is maybe 20 percent. Um, and so uh, for a lot of my white uh, uh, patients, I'm actually seeing uh, things are going, I wouldn't say well, because everybody's stressed out, uh, but they're not having to navigate some of the things that my black patients are going through. So uh, cultural trauma is real, y'all. Uh, it's basically when trauma happens and uh, there's a kind of collective consciousness about that trauma uh, that really changes who we are as a people. 
And so uh, in addition to just normal old stress of work and, you know, getting promoted at work and you know, uh, being in relationships and raising kids, my black patients are, are really struggling with a lot of the social injustices that are going on with the protests, with a lot of the things that um, the president is saying. So it's a lot for them, uh, a lot, a lot. I think it would be the understatement of the year, especially as you talk about some of the social unrest. It would be the understatement of the year to say that we are devoid of leadership at the top. And that and that, that has a trickle-down effect on the mental health state of everybody, not just black Americans. Can you just speak to that a little bit? I'm not trying to get you to be too political, but just sort of the trickle-down effect of uh, when the top is shaky, how does that impact those of us who are on the ground? So, Dr. Charles, uh, I, you have to get political in this in this regard. And it's not about being partisan, but it is about being political. So uh, politics is all about taking a group resource and allocating what you can um, to as many people as you can, right? Well, the person who's in charge doesn't know how to do that, which is why we have a really bad response to this pandemic and then a really bad response to the financial crisis that has come from it. And so I always say nature abhors a vacuum. I didn't say it. Somebody else said it before me. But but in this case, if you are if you have a void of information, of consistent information, then people go and just make stuff up. Right. And so that's why we have literally I think there's probably eight different ways of should schools open, should schools not open? What about bars? What about this? What about that? And when we don't have that consistent message, people make things up. And unfortunately, black people are not in the position of power or economics to be able to be the last, uh, the, the decision maker. And so as a result, we get screwed and, uh, and we die sooner because we are getting exposed more. And it's just this awful thing that could have been prevented if we had stronger leadership at the top. When we talk about leadership at the top and how it impacts us little people, I think about all the conversations I've had with family and friends about COVID being the ultimate system reset in this country and quite possibly an opportunity for us as individuals and as a collective to think about again and again what's meaningful to us. So in other words, one silver lining of all this is that we're having more conversations about mental health as a result of COVID. And admittedly, that movement started pre-COVID, but I think it's being amplified now. Are you seeing the same thing? I am seeing the exact same thing. Yes, people now have more time on their hands because they're either you know stuck at work or stuck at their uh, stuck at home uh, in quarantine or limited in what they can do. Um, and people tend to get a little antsy, and so they're they're googling things, uh, they're listening to podcasts, they are getting on social media, and more and more, especially Black folks, uh, especially Black folks, are doing lots of really. Um, really awesome messaging uh, through uh, social media about the importance of mental health. I think um, LeBron, I think invested right. in like the Calm app. Uh, so people, people are moving and shaking. It's really funny that you mentioned that though. So uh, as sad as it sounds, a silver lining from this crisis, um, uh, I, because of the financial tools that are now available to us because it's you know killing black folks and ruin the economy, um, I'm able to expand my business finally. Whereas before the crisis, I would, you know, I'm going around asking for help and people don't want to help me. So in this weird way, this crisis is giving me access to capital and to people who uh, are going to let me expand my business and expand uh, the presence of mental health for Texas and hopefully across the country. So it's, it's, a, it's a strange twist uh, on all this. Brian, can you expand on that for us? Because I remember you encouraging me to expand my media platform when we met 
at the Black Men White Coats Conference in Fort Worth. And I'm not sure if you remember, but you told me to be unafraid to monetize this platform so long as I stay true to my core values. Truth be told, that was my first lesson in entrepreneurship. The lesson being believing in myself and believing in my talent enough to sacrifice my time and resources to making it happen. So thank you for that. Can you tell us how you've been able to forge a different path and what sometimes can feel like a narrow space? Yeah, one of the one of the difficult things, and I love my mom and, and dad, um, but they never taught me that I should own my own uh, value. Um, they taught me I was valuable, but they didn't say you should own it, own your name, own your brand. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to bring that message to every physician, because if you'll notice with this pandemic, especially up in New York, um, when the chips were down, the, the hospitals were like, yeah, we can't help you. And either they would fire doctors who would speak out or they wouldn't provide the PPE to protect those doctors' lives. And that's just insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, and the government let them get away with it. Right. So those are there are OSHA requirements about contact precautions and how to protect folks. And they were sliding around those rules um, uh, like crazy. And so um, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that every physician should own uh, their name, own their uh, their uh, approach. Uh, and with that said, every doctor has more than one trick up their sleeve. Yes, we can take care of patients uh, and that should be a direct pay system where a patient just pays you directly for what you're doing. But there, we also have other talents. Uh, I mean, you're in media, you, you know how to interact with large groups of folks and to educate and inspire. And all of those, those skills and those gifts should be monetized because that's only fair, uh, right? So at the end of the day, uh, when I try to um, seed, uh, I, don't always, I can't always invest money into certain things, but I can invest my time or my support, my expertise. Uh, sometimes I can uh, in, invest money to try to make the biggest impact. That's the goal is I want, especially black doctors, I want every black doctor to own their brand and to be able to stand alone as their own freestanding uh, uh, company uh, uh, in part or in whole. Brian, you're preaching right now uh, and you're the man, but uh, it's clear to me that if we want to get the world of mental health right, we need more Dr. Brian Dixon's, but you can't be everywhere. In light of the country's current shortage of mental health professionals, what message do you have for black and brown folks who are interested in getting professional help, but may not have access to health insurance or are bound in some other way like stigma, physical distance from a doctor's office or adherence to social distancing protocols? Yeah, two big things uh, when it comes to stigma. So um, I teach all of my adult patients this, uh, which is you are a terrible therapist for yourself. So do not try to do therapy on yourself because it doesn't work very well. Like you can read uh, books like I like Brene Brown and some of the other thought leaders. And that's awesome. But sometimes it's too difficult for you to, to step outside of yourself, turn around and go, huh, that just that's not working very well. Right. So let's be very thoughtful and very mindful that you probably are not a good therapist for yourself. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And then to, to your larger question, how do people get access to therapists? How do people get access to psychiatrists? So just like any investment, you need to, um, uh, especially any investment that you um, uh, that is important to you, you're going to have to save up. Good therapy costs money, right? So if you're getting therapy for $5, then I'm going to go, mm, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the ideal individualized approach for you, right? So uh, yeah, therapy shouldn't be, you know, necessarily $300 an hour. It just depends on where you are in the in the, in the country. But I'm here to tell you, you have to invest something uh, so that you have skin in the game, you have ownership. And so yes, therapists are out there. You're a terrible therapist for yourself. 
Um, and then with the um, uh, with the um, the big push right now is teletherapy because everybody is either you know working from home or um, you want to practice social distancing. Um, there are apps and there are um, uh, just Google therapy and you'll hit a therapist. And so um, so just be be thoughtful that yeah you you need to pay for it because that means that you're invested in your own mental health. Do mental health conditions such as anxiety and depression present differently in African-Americans or black identifying people of color? It can. So um, uh, the thing that I always want to remind you, so back to the, um, the top of when we started talking, um, the idea of cultural trauma. So uh, let me define trauma real quick and then I'll come back to anxiety and depression. So in trauma, so trauma is, uh, the way that I define it, is something negative that happens to you beyond your control that affects your understanding of how the world works. Uh, for a lot of Black folks, period, it was being taken from, uh, from Africa and brought over uh, uh, and enslaved against their will. And then that has propagated, that trauma has propagated through the generations. And so as part of trauma, one of the things that you do is you, uh, you separate yourself from other stressors, right? Because you don't want to get hurt. That's a natural biological response. Well, the unfortunate part is if you do that repeatedly, you become very avoidant. And that if there's one thing that happens uh, for us is we, we become a very standoffish people because we're afraid of getting hurt again, which to me is just a natural extension of what we've been through. With that said, the problem is, uh, especially as you go into business or you try to make uh, business connections or grow a business, um, you have to take risk. And we are a risk averse people because we've trusted in people before and they've burned that bridge. And so when, when it comes to depression and anxiety, yeah, sometimes they're gonna, it's gonna look like we're pissed off or really angry, right? And it could actually just be, I'm really sad and I feel really lonely or I'm really anxious because I can't pay my bills, but it'll come out in a way that is kind of unexpected. Uh, but to me, that's because there's a layer of trauma that we're either not addressing or not bringing to the forefront. Switching gears a bit, this year, I've been able to learn a lot about the trials and tribulations faced by our LGBTQ youth, especially in light of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I've been especially impressed by the responses put forth by organizations like the Trevor Project and GLAAD. What are some of the difficulties unique to LGBTQ youth and how does that relate to the propagation of mental health disease? Yeah, I take you back to the idea of, uh, of trauma. So when it comes to trauma uh, for the LGBTQ community, um, uh, they have never been really accepted. In fact, uh, the uh, American Psychiatric Association used to say that it was actually a disease, um, um, that being gay or being lesbian or um, having gender concerns uh, was a disease. And for years, uh, we traumatized that, that group of people uh, by not accepting them, by not supporting them. And all the research shows that when you do that, you put them at risk for anxiety, depression, for suicide, for substance use. And so um, uh, uh, the mental health stigma um, uh, created a lot of the pathology and a lot of the uh, difficulties for the LGBT uh, community, uh, T, uh, uh, Q plus community. I would say I'm super, super uh, stoked about uh, organizations like the Trevor Project, um, the Human Rights Campaign. Um, uh, they're uh, glad there's lots of organizations who are speaking up and speaking out. Um, uh, we, we need to always do more, but we also need to recognize that there was a trauma. And once you recognize there, that there is a trauma, we can, we can start to treat that and rectify all the damage that we've been causing for years and years. So I like to 
I like to think of mental health as something that we all have a little bit of, <laughs> right? Like, I don't think, yeah, I agree with you. you know, I don't think anyone is like absolved from it. So, so I'd like to end on this. What can we do, all people, not just African-Americans, but all people, what can we do to protect our minds and spirit? Yeah, first and foremost, you have to do your own work. Uh, I cannot stress this enough. Um, you're right. Everybody has pathology. You get pathology from your family. You get pathology from your friends. There's lots of stuff that goes, lots of stressors and, and, uh, and situations that you go through. And if you don't work through them, so Dr. Charles, I say this all the time, trauma begets trauma begets trauma, begets trauma, right? So if you don't, uh, if you don't uh, take care of your stuff, it is going to become somebody else's stuff, your kid's stuff, your family stuff, and then they're going to take that on with them. And so the very first thing I need everybody to do for good self-care is own your stuff, own your story, work through your stuff, right? The second thing is, uh, is all the stuff that us doctors have been talking about forever. Uh, get your sleep, uh, really, there's no reason you should be up past, you know, 11 o'clock unless you're writing a dissertation to submit for a Nobel Prize. I mean, come on now, get, go to bed um, and then make sure you eat right. Um, uh, studies are suggesting that we eat too much in this country, right? So our portion size has increased by 30 to 50 percent. So just cut whatever you're eating in half and I'm sure you'll lose weight. Um, and then the last part is exercise. So uh, there's I think there was a study in the New York Times recently about um, it wasn't called the hope particle, but uh, it's the idea that when you exercise, there are certain uh, proteins that are created that make you feel better, that give you, um, that uh, I wouldn't say give you energy, but it, uh, they definitely affect your mental health. And so do the basics. So do your work, sleep, diet, exercise. Uh, once you do those things and you take care of yourself, you're going to be a better vessel for all the hard work, uh, for the social justice work, uh, for the equity and inclusion work. Like we got a lot of work to do. And if you're tired, overweight, um, um, uh, not healthy and ticked off all the time, then you're not going to be able to participate. True words have never been spoken. Y'all heard it here first, y'all. The key to keeping your sanity is doubling down on the basics, especially during COVID. So quick review. Own your stuff, get your sleep, eat right, and make sure that exercise is a regular part of your health routine. I think I got them all. Thank you so much, Dr. Dixon, for your wise words. You are certainly welcome to come back anytime you'd like and welcome to the Heart of Her Hype family. Thank you, Dr. Charles, for the opportunity. Y'all take care. Final thoughts. To my black and brown folks, I understand the difficulty in acknowledging psychological difficulties. I understand that religious methods such as pastoral guidance and prayer are sometimes our most preferred coping mechanisms. I'm here to tell you that those methods are valid, but incomplete. Sometimes we need to bolster these very real coping mechanisms with professional help. The only way for us to destigmatize mental health, especially in the black community, is to understand that mental health is an essential part of well-being, just like a healthy diet, sleep, and exercise. There's also a need for improved cultural awareness and responsiveness in the healthcare and mental health workforce. Research has found that the trifecta of lack of cultural responsiveness from a therapist, cultural mistrust, and potential negative views impact the provision of mental health services in the black community. Fortunately, with the rise of social media and improved awareness related to mental health, the development of and funding for culturally responsive mental health treatment 
is increasing. Let's keep these conversations going. If you or a loved one is thinking about suicide, please tell someone who can help right away. Call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK to be connected to a trained counselor at a suicide crisis center near you. If you are a young person of LGBTQ identity in crisis, feeling suicidal, or in need of a safe and judgment-free place to talk, call the Trevor Lifeline now at 1-866-488-7386. Stay safe, wear a mask, and follow us on Instagram at HOH the Podcast for updates and more information. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.